When players and coaches ask me, like, how can you teach me in one sentence how to do swamp lunges? I would say, do a diagonal lunge without making any sound. Don't let your back knee touch the ground, and you always go to 10 and 2. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me. I'm Dr. Richard Goldberger for a special edition of the Richard Listens podcast. And today I will be having a returning guest. Boy, do we love those. DL, as I like to call him, from the days of my high school basketball lore at Southside High School. David Lemansic, Jr., is a former college and professional basketball player turned educator and trainer. While David is technically considered permanently handicapped, does not prohibit him from creating peaceful ways to build, then maintain his body, mind, and spirit complex. David Lemansic motivates himself and turn, in turn inspires others to take a similar path of gratitude, independence, and self-love. His IG is Super Dave 2, and he can also dish out information on opioid addiction, recovery, wellness planning, and coping skills. So proud to have Dave back with me. He's been helping me personally with my own breathing, qigong, and maintaining balance and breathing. On today's podcast, we're going to be focusing on new venture by David Lemansic and his return to basketball and his work on a program called Basketball Strength. Basketball Strength is a system and is a company that Dave founded for the love of fitness education and basketball. He combines biomechanics movement and a system he created based on mathematics and innate athleticism. The exercises performed properly correct muscular imbalances, prevent a variety of injuries, and dramatically help you as a basketball player. Without further ado, welcome back, the founder, the original, the original DL, David Jonathan Lemansic. How are you checking in today, sir? I have to say it's a pleasure to be here, and thanks for such a warm, full main welcome. <laughs> you know, this is the Zoom verse we're in. You can introduce <laughs> by your screen name. <laughs> ah, that's amazing. Hey, doing great, man. Great to be here. Great to talk to you. Great to see you. Likewise. You? I'm doing okay. I, I mean, you know, this time change thing, I'm still debating it. We get an extra hour of light, but I feel like Someone took something from me, so I'm going to use some extra qigong this week or tools we talk about today to yes. get back centered. Yes. <laughs> you know, you already feel like there's not enough time in the day. Now we lost an hour, but um, we all have to learn how to deal with adversity and challenges. The challenge always teaches us something about ourselves and another skill or resource we need. So I'm, I'm humbled. I'm glad to be here, and I'm so thankful that um you know you reached out and said hey let's go at this again because some of my most rewarding shows and relationships are like we delve deeper and sometimes we just scratch the surface in in 45 minutes to an hour so thank you wow i have to totally agree with that flow and um you're most welcome man i just think that when you go back decades and Basketball is something that we both have in common for such a long time. We played so many hours, not only in practice formally, but also informally. Mutual friends up and down, different courts, having fun. Maccabee games, backyards, 
playgrounds, you know, we've done that. And um, so that's, that's a mutual bond and that's a lifetime thing. So when you have the basketball understanding and um, it transcends into life, all of a sudden it's like this web where basketball and life are interrelated and the same lessons you learn in basketball, you apply to life. And then there you have it. Very yeah. and, here, and here we are on Selection Sunday. It's like a religious holiday. That's right. And I don't know about you, but Thursday, the first day of March Madness, I'm, I'm sure I played hooky from school at least once or twice, and my parents never questioned it. <laughs> <laughs> I might have missed a few classes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's just the most exciting part about basketball in general is that moment, the tournament. Because there's nothing more rewarding than watching amateur sports at their highest level. I mean, that's ultimately what you look what you're looking at with college sports. Even though it seems like they're professionals these days, um, but it's the highest level amateur. You know, I mean, Olympics too, but it's just a little bit more intense with NCAA. A little bit more, yeah. The, the level and what it means, right? Uh, and. You know, and by the way, congratulations to our alumni, Southside High School. I guess they had a pretty successful season and won the county or something. Yes, they uh, did. Outstanding job at Southside High School. The Cyclones continue the winning tradition. <laughs> so nice to see. And you know what? A good bunch of kids over there, too. If you remember Frank Sweeney, who is also a um, Rockville Center guy, Played basketball at Hunter College, I believe, back in the day. I think his sons play in the program, one on JV and one on varsity, if I have it correctly. And um, if they're anything like him, which I know they are, outstanding human beings, hard workers, you know. And you can't win unless you work hard and you got good human beings. That's right. Well, congratulations and congratulations to Sweeney's on Legacy. I somehow have inherited three soccer players as a basketball guy, so I'm having a lot of yes. internal work. A lot of internal work. It's <laughs> oh, amazing. All right, so it looks like you got to pick up a soccer ball for a little while. That's it. Well, you know, I still love basketball. I had a great moment last weekend. Went to watch UCLA yes. beat Arizona on senior night. I know they lost to them in the uh, Pac-12 tournament yesterday. Uh, yeah. But just an amazing atmosphere to be around. Talk about amateur sports, just students losing their brain, yeah, uh, getting exactly. a release from college studies in, in the house that Wooden built. There's the uh, tribute to John Wooden behind me. So it's still still time. You can still find your passion and your access, even if the athletes you create have uh, minds and passions of their own. So for all you sports parents out there, uh, make sure you're encouraging the greatest human being and allowing children to pursue what they love uh, and not making your agenda theirs. An absolutely outstanding statement. Easier said than done. But getting back to our love of basketball, and it seems like you've uh, either uncovered it or rediscovered it or delved back into it yourself. How have you arrived back here at uh, creating basketball strength and uh, Tell us a little bit about the system today. Thank you for the question. Basketball strength is the brainchild of me reaching an apex as a basketball player. I went through high school, college, pro. And after the pro experience, 
I started thinking about things. And the thing specifically was the preparation for the sport of basketball. I'd been through a lot of different modalities through junior college, through college, and then through professional sports in working with different athletes in those sports. And believe it or not, Olympic coaches at different levels. And um, what I learned is that there was missing pieces. And the missing pieces specifically had to do with biomechanically correct movement. And it all starts with the feet. So we have exercises that are done in gyms. We have exercises that are done as part of rehabilitation. They're all necessary and they all have their place. But in training for athleticism, <clears throat> pardon me, the gap is specifically in movement curriculum that allows athletes to turn their bodies into movement machines that build the only, I say, requisite amount of soft tissue that's necessary to do what they need to do. So what does that mean? Me and you play basketball, for instance, and if you're guarding me, I am not going to be able to go straight to get past you because you are right in front of me. You're straight. I'm going to have to go on a diagonal. So simply put, I designed an exercise called the swamp lunge. It's a curriculum. It's to the diagonal. The reason why it's to the diagonal is because as soon as we lift our leg up, our hip flexor pulls it up. When we rotate our hip outward, it stops almost at like a one foot point. So it's like from 12 o'clock on the clock, it goes to 10 and then it stops. So you have this diagonal. Right from the diagonal, you would go into the lunge, where it's a very smooth, flowy, mathematically based lunge exercise. And it goes from one diagonal to the next. The reason why this is so important is because the diagonal movement is the most repetitious movement used in basketball and almost all sports. But it starts with the feet. So let's go back to that. Did you ever walk and look down at your foot and realize that it wasn't quite straight, that maybe it was pointed in a little bit? More often than not. <laughs> and me too. And this is what I started to notice. So when we do exercises like the swamp lunge, starting at an acute angle, because this is all mathematically based, it's this really acute, kind of like tight, secure lunge that as soon as you land with that front foot, the front foot is pointing in the same direction that your knee is now facing and your hip will rotate to accommodate that. That's your front leg. Your back leg, the ball of your foot is going to turn and pivot to stretch the bottom of your foot, specifically the fascia. And then it's going to cause your hip to internally rotate, thus directly bringing the back leg in line with the front leg. So now you have a perfectly created stride through a diagonal plane that stretches the ankle, the knee, and the hip in exactly the directions they're supposed to go for biomechanically correct movement. So you start with this acute design, which is really confident and tight, and meaning the angles of the legs make an acute angle. And the more confident you get with this flow, the acute angles become right angles, become obtuse angles. And when you become a player, 
And you can think about your favorite guard now in the sport of basketball who had a tremendous capacity to handle a basketball and be flexible to. Think about the moment that the crossover dribble or the in and out crossover is done and the change of direction of what's happening with the legs and the angles that are created. It's almost always an obtuse angle. And this is the design to get to the obtuse angle without overstretching, without injury. So basketball strength, in a sense, is three things. Preventing injuries, correcting muscular imbalance through movement, and then we lead to performance, as opposed to most things that are directly to performance. What athletes notice after they do these exercises is their legs feel like they're underneath them all the time. Do you remember mid-season shape, how good your legs feel? <laughs> like that. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I was just talking to, listen, this is a great story. Steven Osuji, who's a professional basketball player, sent in a testimonial today. This was amazing. He, uh, he does the work. He sends me a video and asks me to critique it. He's doing phase one, course one of the swap launch at the very beginning. He's a professional. He's a very accomplished player. 6'5 guard. He can fly, hit the three, knock down the jumper. He could probably play a little point guard too. Great athlete. Anyway, he does a perfect job. And I send it back to him. And I said, the feedback is it's an outstanding job. Just stay the course. And we have a great dialogue about it. And right away... I knew that he was going to succeed because he understood preparation. So then a few hours later, he gives me feedback. He's like, I got to tell you something. I'm like, what? He's like, usually when I train, I get sore. And you know this because you've trained many years in gyms and different capacities of resistance as well. You have tremendous experience. You know that when you lift a lot of weight sometimes, your joints will get sore. But he said, using basketball strength, my legs feel like they're under me and my body feels like I'm ready to go. Should I train again? And I'm like, rest. <laughs> so that becomes the challenge. It's understanding the training frequency, which is as simple as train, rest, train again. And it can be so done on I mean, I like you saying this because now as I watch basketball as an adult, and you see this high level, you know, division one or NBA defense, you're like, how is that guy getting by his defender, right? Or even on the blocks, right? When you're a big man, not a lot of space, right? That, the quickness of the turn, the speed right. of, the, of the first move of the turn, of the pivot to get the angle, to beat him to the spot, to cause right. the reaction. So, I mean, talk to me about, yeah, what goes into a swamp lunge workout from basketball strength and how do, how do athletes build this into the programs they're already running? Great question. So the way you integrate a system like this, because athletes will do it in different ways and coaches will too, as you know, and it's an on the court thing. So the swamp lunge curriculum, it's movement correction and it's exercise as well. Total fitness. That's something that I wouldn't recommend doing as part of a practice when you're going to be running up and down because there's recovery that's needed. And not to mention there's biomechanical correction and learning and biofeedback. And because you're learning a new plane of movement, because a lot of people will bring their foot inward instead of keeping it in direct alignment, it's going to place new stress on the knee, on the ankle, on the hip, on the spine, 
where the posture is, is going to affect the ankle, the knee, the spine. So there's a lot of things that go into the swamp lunge curriculum. So that needs to be understood in itself. Like that is its own fitness application, right? When you work in practice, what I recommend for basketball strength are things like form dynamics. Form dynamics are a series of standing, bipedal, hip mobility drills that teach athletes how to do similar things as the swamp lunge in terms of alignment, except you're standing and moving forward, forward to the diagonal, lateral, lateral in both directions, backwards to the diagonal and backwards. Instead of doing it in a lunge plane, you would do it in a standing plane, hip mobility exercises. So those could be done form dynamics as part of a warm-up or a cool down. And then here's something really cool. I designed another part of the curriculum called power moves. And it got me thinking about back in the day. And you know, we played against a lot of really good players in high school. How do you get around these really good players in this limited space? So Rick Pitino did a special with Walter McCarty and a couple other guys. It was like an hour and a half video DVD. And it was amazing because he said one thing that I'll never forget. In order to get past your defender, you go body to body. So it means if you're looking at your defender, your right shoulder has to touch their right shoulder if you're going left. Because it's off-center, it cannot be considered an offensive foul, but if there's any foul call to be made, it will be the block because they haven't gotten into the center, right? It's just like using the rule to your advantage. But what's interesting here is I used basketball strength mindset to look at what he was saying And the athletes in the video were probably like medium to high level making the move. I'm like, what if we design a structure so athletes could get into more of a deeper lunge and use more of their body through biomechanical design and explode past the defender? So instead of trying to go shoulder to shoulder, they get low enough to, let's say, make contact with the section of the rib or somewhere in there which is easier to get by anyway, because it's narrow. And if they do, since it's cylindrical, it's probably just gonna roll off anyway. So then that started getting me thinking about more of the design about power moves. What are power moves? You know, when you catch the basketball, the first thing you do, you plant your foot, you catch, and then you bring your back foot forward, that swing leg, and then you're in triple threat automatically creating the draw for the defense to make a decision. A lot of players don't realize how important the threat is because they're like, I can do this already, especially at the higher levels. It's unbelievable. It's not that we don't think you can do it. We know. We know. It's when guys get tired on defense, they actually fall for it. That's why. So a lot of the fundamentals that are learned, and you know this from going through the ranks as as a younger player, all the fundamentals you learn and you relearn. You're like, man, again, again, really again? Yes, always again. Because the more fundamentals you learn about that catch, step, pull into the threat, that's your foundation. Instantaneously, the defense is reactive. It has to. And when they get tired, all of your fundamental footwork become your offensive weaponry before the ball is even used. So the power move curriculum is all about footwork and it teaches the way to use the feet 
and the ball itself just moving and changing the directions of the ball and where it is on the body and how that affects the defender, not only through their direct eyesight, but how about through the periphery? You have other players who are also playing help defense who are also tired. So if you get into a situation where you have a real good catch step, pull into the threat and make it look like you're going to sweep and do a rip through and go, you might have a defender get really tired and help for no reason. What do you have there? A dish for the dime, three-pointer going down the other way. And it's a simple footwork power action that shows massive amounts of control through basketball movement-specific plane. And when those motions, like the rip-through, which is nothing more than an arc, if you create that circular arc and your shoulders get used to transitioning that energy, you can naturally shift it to the other side. As you know from martial arts, energy is a flow. So yeah, once you're you now conscious of, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to have demonstrations of this. I know on your social media, I've seen some, and our listeners will get access to, is it on Super Dave too, or is it on? IG, just go to David Lamanchek right there. And um, because, right, if you turn without being grounded and centered like a martial arts movement, right, then that's when the ball gets taken from you, right? Or you bring it down too low where there's a guard waiting to steal the ball, right? Exactly right. Basketball training, when I first put this out in 2005, the first feedback I got is this is basketball as a martial art. Because what you've done is you've broken down the exact footwork that needs to be done to travel in this game to also manipulate defenders based on the rule system. Because that's ultimately what we're looking at. We're looking at a game that is played with five people on both sides, one ball, and a rule for accountability. And there's referees there to enforce the accountability. You make arguments for some of the traveling non-calls that have happened. Explain this to me. Where have I been? The when did the no, Euro step? This is some epic stuff, man. Eurostep came into the game. That everyone has <laughs> oh, one. Oh man, I, I wish we would have had a shot at that, man. Oh. I know, and the, and the Dirk Nowitzki <laughs> step back where you can you can step back and take a three, right? Oh man, can you imagine how how good, like, unbelievable seven one step back threes, night in night out. Wow. <laughs> So where did this, yeah, where did this extra step come from? Is it just official now? The third step is good? All right. So I don't know. I, I, I think this is one of those lack of rule enforcements. There was a Hall of Fame NBA player, and I'm not sure who it was. It might have actually been Rick Barry. I saw an IG reel that was very, I would say, assertive in an awesome way basically saying you have rules, you have referees, enforce the rules. If you're not enforcing the rules, then what are you enforcing, right? It was amazing. And here's a great story. Um, once upon a time, I was in a USBL uh, tryout, and guess who showed up to the workout? Rick Barry. And he led us through some drills, man, and he actually is a really cool dude. And it was really awesome to work out in front of 
basically for and taken direction from Rick Barry. So what an wow. awesome moment that was. Yeah. Super grateful to have What did you learn? What did you learn from him running a workout? I learned, I learned one major thing that was just an unbelievable statement. And this will help everybody just because it will. Now we have about 17 to 22 really good pros on this court at the time. Um, and we're alone in the Island Garden. And he's having us do one-on-one, less than two dribbles, move to the basket for a pull-up, right? But the thing is, is that you get your start from half court. Um, So right away, you know, you you can see that the moves aren't going as game-like as they should. All right, guys are pulling off for three-point shots. And... I'm looking at it thinking like, hmm, I wonder how this is going to go. So what should I do? So what I did is I just went all out and I took one hard dribble. I took another hard dribble. I took a hop step into a jump stop. I got about 12 feet and I shot like a hard brick off the backboard and then got it, dunked it. And then, um, you know, went to the back of the line, kicked the ball to the next guy, whatever. He stops the drill after like two more guys. He's just like, guys. You have to come out with urgency. So the whole pull up for the three, it doesn't work because you you have these two dribbles and to use those two dribbles in this space doesn't make any sense. You can go a lot further with the two dribbles than that. You should go as far as you can with two dribbles. You should also think about changing the direction because you're not going to be able to go in a straight line because there's people there. So he starts giving us just this basic common sense direction. Then we go back into the drill. Wow. That was a whole different story. How far can you get with two dribbles? Dunk the basketball. So what what we what I realized after that point, I could catch the ball off a screen, catch step, whatever, at the three-point line, power sweep, take one dribble, take one step, hop step, jump, dunk, one dribble. And it was a magnificent moment because at that point I started putting together how important it was to get the most out of your length in each step without sacrificing your flexibility, your strength, or your conditioning in the process. However, in order to get the most length out of each step, you had to condition and get strengthened and improve flexibility through a mobility process. So this is again, like the birth of basketball strength work, even learning from a guy like that in a situation like that, which is nothing more than him telling us guys create the sense of urgency. I love that you said that, I love that, you said that right there. And, and I love it that we tie our conversation back to basketball coaching um and and martial arts because you know I, I was reading something about John Madden, the famous football announcer, and, and he said that he thought he knew everything about football and that he went to a eight-hour workshop taught by uh Vince Lombardi. And wow. Vince Lombardi spent eight hours talking about the power sweep. Yes, which which is one play. One play. <laughs> running places for eight hours. And he said he came out, he came out and realized he knew nothing about football. 
So, you know, this idea that like, you know, oh, why are we going to analyze this one move or, or, you know, how boring is this, you know, this is basic, right? Like you said, like, obviously there are athletes that are talented guys that I've worked with that are now God willing, they're getting their chance internationally or at the league. And um, I hope so. I hope the athleticism and the programs and the coaching has gotten you there. But sometimes admitting what you don't know is really where the gaps are at the highest level at the top at the top percentages right. you know that is that is what we're talking about here about questioning the way you think about your training and about your what you know about your own body and movement right right i think it's interesting man like i start after basketball I have an opportunity to play professional volleyball. Really? Yeah, it's 41-inch vertical leap, and we had a guy get hurt as part of our beach volleyball team for Nacional and Madeira, and um, I was friends with the guys because I actually used to work out with them twice a week. So one of them got hurt, 6'6 guy. Wait, hold on a minute. You started your, your volleyball career in Spain? No, I would have in Portugal, but I decided okay. not. Yeah, it's, you know, I actually just wanted to come home, believe it or not, and um, it's going to sound wild, but teach for 20 years and go back to Europe. I was like, I like the way they live. This feels great. It's just like, nice. I don't know. Stress-free kind of. So what I did was said no. And um, when I came back home and, and designed the program, I started thinking about a couple situations that I learned over there. One is that volleyball players over there are very athletic and very strong. And most of the guys that I worked out with that played volleyball, they never wore shoes when they work out. It's just something interesting. Now, with the soccer players I used to work out, I'm just work out with and I'm throwing this out there because it needs to be said. Those guys were some of the hardest working guys I've ever seen in my life. They would work out for probably like 14 minutes and that was it. But for those 14 minutes, I've never seen anybody work out harder in my life. Ever. And it just needs to be said because the difference in the sports from soccer to basketball to volleyball and the way their preparations are they vary but the common ingredient is the basis of movement and that's the one thing that you know the basketball strength program addresses is those movements so if you're a coach the first thing you're looking at is the way your players walk if you see players with their feet turning in and their ankles, knees, and hips aren't lining up, line them up. Make them look in the mirror and straighten it up. It takes effort. It's also a pain learning curve because their body's going to have to learn how to align itself consciously. Then <clears throat> that conscious application of walking lends itself into form dynamics, which is standing hip mobility. And then you move into things like power moves and swamp lunges once you get a little bit more confident in those standing moves. So the curriculum in itself, it's like almost a discursive textbook where you can just look at it with the cues in there. So as soon as you have it in front of you, you're like, oh, I can teach this right now. You actually can. Um, and the reason why you can is because after I became, um, or should I say after I retired as a pro basketball player, I became a pro teacher. So curriculum design and implementation, it became my area of expertise. Um, so this ends up being a strong point 
and something that actually helps athletes to prevent injuries during the rate of development when so many mistakes are made. So how are, how are you getting this curriculum out there? How are athletes utilizing it? Great question. So it's on Kindle. Um, I converted the physical books because that's what they originally were. Like, we come from the old school library days. And those are no more. So they still <laughs> exist. But it seems like a novelty. So a lot of people are like, hey, man, convert those. So I did. I converted Basketball Strength uh, Volume 1 and 2. So it's on Amazon or Kindle for Amazon. And you can get them right there. And my IG, it's available up there too. That brings you right to Kindle too. Um, so those are great opportunities right there to just take an advanced biomechanics curriculum that's simplified to a point that anybody, regardless of previous understanding of sports science, is going to be able to take it, apply it, do it, and run it with success. There's assessments ongoing in there and constant checks just to make sure that you're on the right track. And the simplicity of all of it is kind of the illusion, right? Because it goes back to those things, the basic fundamentals of life, of martial arts, of everything, it looks so simple. Yet it's the simple where the most complex lives. You know, it's that balance that has to be maintained yet understood, not seen as an illusion of just one thing, right? So is this only for basketball players or is this for all athletes? Originally, I thought of it as a basketball thing because I played basketball. And that's where my ego was. I was like, hey, I play pro basketball. Yeah, yeah, right. But then I started realizing this is human movement. This is much deeper than basketball. Basketball essentially gave me the credibility to write the program from a professional player's point of view, but also as a professional educator, as the credibility to design curriculum that's outstanding and reach a variety of people that literally range from ages of, my daughter Brooke started when she was three. Not because I was teaching her, because I was training a lot of people and she would witness probably like 20 or 30 sessions and she loved watching the lunges. So she came into the gym one day and started doing lunges when I had a college baseball player in there. He was like, coach, are you watching this? I'm like, yeah, I'm videoing right now. He's like, you teach her? I'm like, no, she's probably watching you. So here's the thing. And this is a point that I, I really, I'm so glad I got this to this point to bring this up. But in terms of the rate of development and when is it okay for kids to start? This is always a big question. I think that kids know when they're ready to start because they start. Just like when she came in and started doing that, that doesn't mean she's like coming in for a session, but it means that somewhere in her mind, in her heart, in her soul, she wanted to come through and show what she saw and you know she was practicing by herself on her own. And she was able to correct it to a point. She brought it to me as a literal finished product. I have the picture on my IG. It's, it's unbelievable. Kid is in a split lunge, just about obtuse angled, posture upright, hands in the correct position. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, kids just really know. They know when they're ready. So <clears throat> that's a point I wanted just to make. And after that, did, did I bring her back in the gym? No. 
<laughs> but did I tell her that that was an amazing moment and that I was so happy for her? Yeah. And what did she say? I practice. And at that point, you know, I gave her a hug. I gave her a kiss. I told her I was proud of her and, and I just kind of let it rock, you know? And um, as well, time goes on. A gift, yeah. I mean, I got, I have a video on my phone of my daughter like wanting to come in the gym and do battle ropes. And you know, when, when your kids know that something's important to you, um, you know, my son reminds me every New Year's Eve when there's like a two hour workout in the gym, he's like, Oh, we're gonna do that thing again, right? Yes, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he sees it as fun, <laughs> yeah, it's a fun bonding <laughs> so. You know, he's laughing me these days, but you know, it's, you know, it's the joy of them learning and seeing and seeing, you know, seeing it done appropriately and seeing this is what athletes do to get better. That's absolutely right. It was actually, so I saw her today. She's a competitive dancer now and she still does um, some of the lunge work, but where it is now, man, is she's at the point of contortion and like high level flexibility. So it's just amazing to see like a progression over time and where you know paths go and this lends itself to your question of is this just for basketball players or, or can anybody use it and the truth of the matter is everybody on earth should be doing it because we walk on two feet this just happens to be a major gap in physical culture it's not being done correctly because people are landing incorrectly they're not understanding force absorption and the force creation and the open kinetic chain that goes through the body in terms of where the force is all going, where it ends up and how it flows through. People think it's just a mystical thing and they don't really understand that it's a very, very existing thing and we have full control over all of it. It's almost like when players and coaches ask me, like, how can you teach me in one sentence? how to do swamp lunges. I would say, do a diagonal lunge without making any sound. Don't let your back knee touch the ground and you always go to 10 and two. Don't make a sound. That means when your foot lands, you can't hear it. When you turn and pivot your back foot, I can't hear anything. And when you can train in relative silence, your body is so composed. And you know this from martial arts. This is where this component comes in. You get so locked in and the quiet. You start to feel everything to a different degree. What is that? It's neuromuscular efficiency. It's exactly what happens through the open kinetic chain, through adequate biomechanics. So for the first time, many people literally learn how to walk the correct way. There's an immature, average, and mature form. It's motor learning. It's exactly what it is. And, and people have to retool themselves. You think about people like us and even taller people, you know, who typically will have joints that kind of look like they're just like dangling, dangling off their bodies and they're not in alignment. But how easy it could be just to bring it into alignment. The hip is a circular joint. It's followed by the knee. That's like a door. It's followed by the ankle. That's a circular joint, followed by toes that are like a door shoulder it's a circle the elbow door wrist circle fingers door <laughs> the midsection it does a little bit of everything so the body in a sense it's a very basic thing 
with very high level chemistry happening inside of it with every move. And all these mathematical equations are going on, not to mention inch pounds. Um, but when we talk about inch pounds and the way that you place resistance onto the body and where it is, let's say you take a 10 pound bag and you place it in a bear hug position. That's going to be a very secure position for you because, well, your hands are holding the bag and it's on your torso and you're used to weight here and 10 pounds isn't a lot. You could hold yourself in posture. This is about the first point of a mechanical disadvantage. The second level of mechanical disadvantage is to put a bag on one shoulder because now you know you have to stabilize that weight and your opposite oblique and intercostal section of your midsection is going to have to do work to balance it out. Third level would be shoulder and shoulder. Now, if you think about this, going into a split lunge with a bag on each shoulder, it's a tremendous balance issue. Not to mention, it's going to get heavier. So let's talk about the resistance. How much is too much? I've never asked any athlete, and I've trained over 18,000 of them, to train with more than 50 pounds in swamp lunges. Never. It'll never be done. And the reason is simple. The execution breaks down after 50. And how I teach curriculum is, and this is interesting, you'll appreciate this. You do your lunges in an exact flow until your form breaks down and then it's over. There's no extra rep. There's no five more. No. Flow, yeah. done. Move on to the I next love it. I love it. And for all the listeners that haven't been and watched Dave's videos, going through kata, going through forms, breathing, it's all in alignment with these concepts of flow, of using your body to make forceful movements, efficient movements, aligned with your breath, right? And, and to be really conscious of preserving the body, preventing injury. So I like how you're incorporating all these concepts. Uh, so tell us, how do, do, do athletes get these tailored for them? Should they reach out to you? Should they just look at the general program? What's What are some next steps to leave our listeners with? I know you and I can share stories and, and philosophy for a few more days here. Uh, but for those that are interested to say, how do, I, how do I try this out? Let me see what he's talking about. Let me see if, the, if this DL is is the real deal. Oh yeah, definitely real deal. You go to Amazon Kindle right now and pick up Basketball Strength Volume 1 and Volume 2. Buy them both, read them both. Look Can we up create on a focus group? Should we create a Facebook group and get people, athletes uh, using it together? And Absolutely. Reach out to me on IG and then literally make contact and let's get the dialogue going and I'll help you along the way. That's the one thing I do is I help as many people as I can because once you get this going, it really does change the whole dynamic because it only takes a few people to really learn how to do it. And then they start teaching their crew how to do it and then they learn more and it's just amazing. So you got to pick up volume one and volume two right away and then make contact with me. That's what you need to do. I love it. Well, you hear it. It's that simple. I might have to do it myself. Yeah. Just, to, just to be looking at how to take care of your joints, how to keep your movement and in integrity. And who doesn't want to win? Who doesn't want to get to your spot first? 
and you know being grounded right my biggest weakness probably off the court and on the court being too much in our head right if you're in your head your movement it's, it's you know it's not going to be as strong it's not going to be as assertive right so being connected to your body and your breath you know we're not telling you, you have to become someone you're not you can be a thoughtful player you can be a thoughtful martial artist and human being but you need to right. be connected your strength, your power, your flexibility to perform. Yes, it's an entire program. And um, that's what basketball strength is. It's an entire program. It's a curriculum of movement, of care, of resilience. It teaches will. There's mental perspectives in there that encourage indomitable will. You know, everybody has this power inside of them this unyielding will and in order to get to it i think that and david goggins alludes to this being the answer inside of us if we have an answer to those moments of i don't feel like doing it and it's a consistent good one we end up doing it and if we do those right that's it indomitable will is where it's at because that is the strength that keeps us in the mode of what people call perseverance like he's got perseverance but that he who's doing the work maybe not thinking about perseverance he's thinking about doing the work and what's behind that work indomitable will you know that's where we got to get to and in order to get to that you have to get to the quiet and in the quiet it's loud (laughs) (laughs) yes it is at least in this in this Between these four walls of my skull, it is, and you know, which introduces you to new tools and practices. And I'm so thankful, you know, my work with men's circles and and morning practices to help journal and quiet the brain, right? Because the more you try and create space for yourself, the resistance will come, the bombardment will come, and it's a lot easier to stay the same than it is you know to get to this level of will to get in touch with it you've got to get quiet you've got to get still you've got to get in touch with your own desires and fears there's a reckoning (laughs) so i'm so glad to, to see you reconnect to you and to apply this back to my life and for my listeners especially all those young athletes out there that are needing to hear this right now uh i'm looking forward to the conversation continuing um, i'm still hoping for a a visit to the lamanchic pitching facility out on uh island to meet dave senior uh the legend the legend <laughs> the legend <laughs> still throwing hard i think he still throws at least eight hundred thousand bowls a year bp wow Can, is there any way we could get him a trial with the savannah bananas <laughs> would he go for it if I, if I set it up? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get him into. I'm trying to get him into radio, man. He, he's got the best stories out of anybody I've ever heard. Well, next time let's do a joint a joint cast with him. We'll try. I'll definitely Pitcher. try. Pitcher. Did you see? Did you see that ESPN uh, thirty for thirty with uh, the WFAN no. show? Wow, yeah, Mike and Mike and the Mad Dog, right? Yes. Look it up because they, they would guess there was a lot of segments where Mike would bring his dad on. No way. <laughs> and, and, and like when they stopped the show, 
<laughs> they they recorded the dad with yeah. Mad Dog, like having a tearful, like, are we still going to be friends after a beautiful moment? <laughs> it's uh, radio. So anyway, cool. I welcome the opportunity if uh, the legend was open. Yes, I'll try. I'll try. Yeah. All right. So one last time, check him out on IG. David Lemanchik, spelled correctly on the screen. Or you want to spell it out for our listeners if they're not watching? I think it's David underscore Lemanchik. L-E-M-A-N-C-Y-K. C-Z-Y-K. C-Z-Y-K, see? Thank you for correcting me. See, thank you. We all have a purpose. And mine is a teacher. I correct spelling. <laughs> I'm correcting <laughs> it now on my screen. Thank you. And you will have links to Dave uh, on my IG page. Richard listens to all my followers. Thank you all for tuning in. Please keep bringing me your concepts, your ideas, your guests, your willingness, your openness, and your heart. This is Richard Olberger, clinical psychologist. If you are having a struggle with your sport, with your mental health, with any area which I can help you get centered, grounded, or for someone you love or you think might need an opening, please have them check out my new book, Awaken the Hero Within, also available on Amazon or on my website, richardlistens.com. I appreciate all of you. Thank you all for being who you are and taking some time to listen with me. This is Richard, and I'm out.